Let's all go to Acts 4. Acts chapter 4. For some weeks now we've been on the subject we're calling great grace. You could call it greater grace as well. Acts 4. We're given a summary statement of the church condition. Spirit of God fell on the day of Pentecost. Peter preached. Thousands were saved. The lame man at the gate called Beautiful, who's lame from his mother's womb, jumped up, leapt, walked. The whole town was moved and shaken. Thousands more were saved. And then the apostles got called before the council and threatened, never preach or teach anymore in the name of Jesus. And they beat them. But instead of running and hiding, they went back and got with the rest of the believers and prayed, Lord, give us more boldness to preach this, this, and give us some more of these miracles. We really, really like these miracles. How many think we ought to be exactly the same way? We're part of the same church. Lord, help us to preach this stronger and give us more miracles. We, we really like them. And he did. And you'll see, uh, in the fourth chapter, what is it, the 33rd verse? Is that what it is? It says, with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. So the Lord is answering their prayer and they are empowered to preach and teach this boldly, powerfully. And great grace was upon them all. Said out loud, great grace grace was upon them all. all. What was on them? Grace. Grace. And he describes how much great grace was upon them all. Uh, In Proverbs, grace is compared, well, it says like this, uh, the king's favor in Proverbs 19.12, his favor is as dew upon the grass. In Proverbs 16.15 says his favor is as a cloud of the latter rain. Favor is compared to dew, moisture. Precipitation. Well, a dew can be so light it's barely perceptible. Or it can be so heavy it just drips off of things like a a light shower, rain. Well, grace is that way. You can have grace on your life so that you barely discern it or perceive it. Or it can be so heavy that it drips off of you. How many would like some dripping grace? Grace that's on you so heavy, so strong, it's just dripping off of you. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> I think if we really understood this, we'd just we'd want to shout the rest of the day about that. Because it, this is real. This is not imaginary. This is real. The Bible talks about more grace. Second Peter 3.18 says, grow in grace. James 4.6 says he gives more grace. Uh, the Bible referring to Mary, Luke one twenty eight says she was highly favored. Everybody say highly favored. Highly favored. So there are different measures of grace. And it's possible to get more. What would it mean to get more grace? To have more grace on our life. Let me give you some other scriptures. Hebrews 4.16 says, let's come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. His grace is our help. 
2 Timothy 2.1 says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. 2 Timothy 2.1. His grace is our strength. Hebrews 12.28 says, Wherefore, receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with uh, reverence and godly fear. Grace is is how we're able to serve God in a manner that pleases Him. You can't do it without His grace. His grace is our strength. His grace is our ability to serve Him. His grace is our help. Well, if you had more grace, you'd have more help. You'd have more strength. You'd have more ability to serve Him well-pleasingly. What would it mean if you had twice the grace the rest of the year than you had the first part of this year on your life. What would it mean? What would it mean? Well, I tell you, it would mean that what had been challenging and difficult to you would now be easy. It would also mean that things that you had been unable to reach and accomplish, you would now be able to reach it and do it. It would mean that areas that you have fallen and failed in, temptations that you've yielded to repeatedly and cried about and wanted to get rid of it and get it behind you, but then did it again with enough grace, you can become strong and put it behind you once and for all and not do it again. Do you believe with enough grace you could receive any miracle? Nothing would be too big or out of it. With enough grace... You could overcome any temptation, get free from any bondage, any habit, any addiction, any sin with enough grace. You can become all that you should be. You can become the man, the woman, the mother, the father, the husband, the wife, the man of God, the woman of God. You can be what he wants you to be with enough grace. Are you desirous of, of more grace? The scripture said, the psalmist said, I entreated your favor with my whole heart. He knew the value of grace. Why don't you say it out loud? I entreat your favor. I seek your favor with my whole heart. Thank you, Lord. Now we ask the question, what is the grace of God? Same word translated grace is translated favor in different passages. What is the grace and favor of God? And we saw in Exodus that Moses referred to God favoring them and gracing them by his presence being with them. His presence being with you. Nehemiah talked about this. He, uh, when he was before the king and, and he wanted to, uh, the Lord to help him in that situation, he said that he prayed and he said the king granted him Nehemiah 2.8, according to the good hand of my God upon me. He told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me. Say it out loud. The good hand hand of God God upon me. me. Other scriptures talk about, you know, sometimes a prophet would say the hand of the Lord was heavy on me. You know, we've talked about this. Uh, in the first service, it'll bear repetition. You know, if I reached over here and I put my hand, you know, do you feel my hand? No. 
He doesn't feel it. I am barely touching his hair. Do you feel my hand? Little bit. How about now? Oh yeah. He said, oh yeah. Would you like to have the hand of the Lord so strong on you that you knew he was, his presence was with you? Everywhere you win, everything that you do, that is what we're talking about. We're talking about greater grace being on you, upon you. Said out loud, the good hand of God upon me. And see, in his case, he was referring to he and, and the people of God needed some help from the uh, king and their city was destroyed and he wasn't, you know, they weren't supposed to get any help. They were defeated, conquered people. But he is in a situation where uh, the good hand of God was upon him. He had favor with that king and got all the resources and the authority to rebuild the city. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Even though they were a conquered people. You know, it doesn't matter what your situation or what the rules or what the laws, the favor of God is greater. And he can bless you in that situation no matter what. Now, you can gripe about the rules or you can believe for great favor. (laughs) One will get you nowhere. The other one will take you all away. So the favor of God is the presence of God with us. And everything we need is in his presence. In his presence is life. His favor is life and fullness of joy. And we begin to ask the question, what is our part? What must we do to obtain greater grace? To have more favor on our lives? You know, when you start talking about this, this grace, this favor, A lot of people get excited and they go, yes, yes, yes. And they start confessing, I have favor with God and man. I have favor, I have favor. But we haven't put enough emphasis on what we need to do, our part, to qualify for the grace and favor of God. It takes more than confessions. Are y'all with me? It's great to confess it. But I want you to understand it's possible to pray for and ask for favor and to confess favor and confess favor and then to go out and do and act in certain ways that actually stops your own favor. So we're looking into situations in the word of people that experienced great favor and seeing what they did. That was a part of them obtaining this favor. We looked in last lesson uh, on the case of Esther. Esther, the whole book, is a book about favor. How favor on one woman's life changed the course of a kingdom and saved a nation. (laughs) Can great favor in one person's life matter? And in those days... Women had no rights. She couldn't vote. She had no rights. And yet the favor of God propelled her from obscurity to national influence. Didn't it? You know, think about this. The people who are in position of authority and making decisions that affect everybody. 
are being influenced by someone themselves. Aren't they? And a lot of people you don't see and know are actually a part of what's happening that's governing everybody. These people that made their decisions, how did they reach that decision? You don't know who they talked to, when, where, and how, and what clicked in them to put them in that frame of mind to make that decision. It's people you may never see or know that had favor. You could be one of those persons. You don't have to hold a high office. You don't have to be the head of the company to influence God can influence through you. Be at the right place at the right time with the right word. Amen. And have such favor that that word that, and most of the people don't know you, but you hear that word coming out of the leader's mouth. And it's not time for you to jump up and say, I told them that. I'm the the one that, no, you just be quiet. Would you like to be used again? Then be quiet. (laughs) But notice something about her. We looked at this last time. Let's look at it again. You don't have to turn there. But in in Esther 2. Esther 2. You know you could look at this whole thing that's happening there. As a type of a beauty pageant. Because all these Ladies are vying to be queen, and they want to be the ones selected. And, uh, you know, sometimes those uh, competitions can get pretty vicious. <laughs> and uh, uh, when it came Esther's turn, uh, the Bible said in Esther 2.15, when it was their time to leave the place and uh they could take what they wanted with them of the wardrobe, the jewelry, the cosmetics. And of course, if it's a competition, then everybody wants the best dress. They want the biggest ring. They want the you know, nicest stuff. And apparently some had uh, tried to do that. But when it came her time, the Bible said she required nothing. But what Haggai, the king's chamberlain, the keeper of the women, appointed, she just looked, he said, what do you want? And she said, "Uh, what do you think I should take? And uh, he said this, this, and this. She said, that'd be fine. That's fine. And that next sentence says, Esther obtained favor in the sight of all them that looked upon her. Everybody that saw her, everybody that was around her, their hearts were turned toward her, and she had favor with everybody. But can you notice what kind of person she was? She was not asking for special treatment. See, this is so important. I think some people, even in the word and faith circles, have missed this. People think, well, I, you know, I'm believing for favor. I should have favor. So they are demanding with people. Like they are entitled. Well, the Bible said you have not because you ask not. That's talking about asking God. Well, let your request be made known unto God. We're talking about obtaining favor of the Lord. 
And if you're believing for that, then you don't make special requests for special treatment and you don't pull on and demand from people. Pulling on people, uh, pressuring people can actually cause you to forfeit your grace and favor. Think about yourself. If somebody's always coming to you, wanting you to treat them different from everybody else, acting like the rules don't apply to them, always wanting something special, does that make you want to do more for them? No, it does not. And the reason you're that way is because he's that way. His operation is that way. You, I also, that's part of what you know about what's right and wrong. She didn't ask for special favors, and yet she got favor with everybody. She wasn't trying to get it from them. She was looking to him. And then he moved on them. Do you want favor with God and with man? Who should you look to to get you favor with people? Not with them. Don't pull on them. Now, go with me, if you would, to the book of Daniel. Daniel enjoyed great favor. The Bible says so. But what was it about him that qualified him for this kind of favor? Daniel, the first chapter. Daniel and his companions were young boys. And this nation had come in and conquered their nation. And no doubt a lot of their relatives had been killed in the battle and the war. And here they were taken from their homes, taken from their culture, and brought to a strange place to be taught a new language and trained in things that were totally foreign to them. And, you know, captives, really they had no rights at all. And in this situation, Daniel and these other boys, we're going to focus on Daniel, was a godly boy, and he knew according to the word, he wasn't supposed to participate in the things uh, that were going on in the palace there. And among them was the king's diet. And if you look in Daniel, the first chapter, about the eighth verse, let's see. It said, Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. I want you to notice that word, requested. Everybody say requested. And uh, verse 9. God had brought Daniel into what? Favor. Favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. Now, what we're emphasizing is there's a Godward side to this, but there's a manward side to this too. Yes, God was involved in uh, inclining this man's heart toward Daniel, but also there were some things about Daniel that qualified him for this favor and grace. And uh, verse 10, 
The prince of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king who has appointed your meat and your drink. For why should he see your faces worse liking than the children which are of your sort? Then you shall make me endanger my head to the king. You can see he wants to help him. Can you see that? Why does he want to help him? Previous verse, favor. Daniel has favor with him. He wants to help him, but around the palace, breaking the king's rules doesn't just get you pay docked or get you laid off or even fired. It gets you dead. He was concerned. He said, you're going to endanger my head. What does that mean? He will take your head off of you. He wants to help. Now, notice the difference. Even some... Of our, our groups, you know, word people so-called, faith people so-called, would be adamant and say, well, the word says, I can't eat this junk and I'm not going to eat it. You can't make me. Did you know there is a huge difference between telling and asking? You ever heard somebody say, you asking or telling? <laughs> Now, why would they say that? Because they're deciding whether to give you favor or cut you off. You asking or telling. If you want favor, you've got to learn to ask nicely. You come in telling, demanding, insisting, well, I got rights. Maybe you do, but that don't mean you'll have any favor. I know uh, Phyllis and I, for 20-some years, we traveled on the airlines. And, uh, you know, sometimes the flights would get canceled and things would go wrong. And you'd have to believe God, like always, but even some extra. And and uh, this one particular time, cancel, flights were canceled. And, man, the uh, terminal just filled up with shoulder to shoulder with people, hot and Uncomfortable, people mad and upset, and, and boy, the people behind the counter, they were catching it. Man, I mean, folks were chewing them out, cussing them out. I mean, just talking to them bad, ugly. And uh, Phyllis and I were in line with a bunch of other people, and when we got to the, the, the young man behind the counter, he looked like a poster I had seen some years before. The, the guy caricature his, his hair was sticking all straight up on this poster I'm talking about, and his eyes was bloodshot, and the caption said, I've got one nerve left, and you're on it. <laughs> and then this guy looked like that. And he looked at us and said, What? And and Phyllis was in front and she kindly said, I'm sorry, you're having to deal with this today, because we had heard what he had, the abuse that he had just taken. And uh, we're sorry, we're no, you know, you can't control everything. Uh, he said, well, well, what are you trying to do? Where are you going? And, uh, the, the flights are canceled and nothing's going out and nothing's, nothing is this. And, and, and there's no way. And, and she said, I understand, I understand. Because when we heard the bad reports, uh, we joined hands and got in faith. He said, Lord, we've already prayed about this now, and this is your ministry. I was supposed to speak somewhere that evening in a few hours. There's going to be a church full of people there, and they're expecting a speaker. And this is your ministry. This is your stuff. And you're well able to do this. And we got, we reminded ourselves, we're looking to him. Yes. Now, if you're looking to him, 
you're not looking to them. And if you're looking to them, you're not looking to him. Faith in God puts no pressure on people. Why don't you say that out loud? Faith in God puts no pressure on people. What if you're putting pressure on people to make it happen? Then you're looking to them to make it happen. And you're not looking to God. And folks have been doing that. And uh, so he clicked on the computer and clicked on the computer. He said, hmm. Click, 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 click. Well, click, 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 click. He said, where's your bags? We said, here. We've done this before. And he said, follow me. He took his little thing and put up on the, the thing that said closed or whatever, you know. And we follow. And I mean, the people in the place are looking daggers through us like, what did you do? What did you give him money? What did you do? You could just feel it. And we just stayed close behind him. And, and, and he took us through a door and took us. And it said authorized personnel only. We went right through there. This is before 9-11. And. Went through here, went through here, went through here, and went out on the, the jetway and took us right into first class and set us, we didn't have first class tickets, set us down and we're sitting there and he said, I think this flight will have you there in the same time uh, that you originally were supposed to be there. And we said, thank you so much. He said, you're welcome. He said, those people before you, they didn't know it, but I could help them or I could hurt them. And we said, well, thank you. For helping, and all Phyllis did was treat him like a human being and not put pressure on him. Tell or ask can be the difference between favor and getting cut off. Even though you prayed and asked for favor, even though you confessed 30 times in the morning, I have favor with God and man, you can show up somewhere. Where God has already been working for on your behalf, you can show up and act like a heathen and mess up your favor that God was working for you. Because they got a will. I said the people have a will. And they could have been thinking about you favorably, be ready and inclined to do something for you. And then you show up and act dumb and make them mad. And they go, well, forget it. You know, I'm not doing that for them. They got a will. That's right. God's not going to make them do something. Notice, keep reading. This man said, uh, I'm going to paraphrase, you know, Daniel, I'd like to help you, man. I I like you. But uh, I like my head, too. And I really want to keep it. And in verse, uh, what was it, 10? Put it back up for us. Can we put up the uh, New Century version? Can we reach that one? Or Yeah. He's, Ashpenaz said to Daniel, I'm afraid of my master, the king. He ordered me to give you this food and drink. And if you begin to look worse than other young men your age, the king will see this and he'll cut off my head because of you. So what do you say to that? Well, the word of God says for me not to eat this and I'm not eating it. You asking or telling? See, a lot of times when people get adamant like that, it's because they're scared. They start being pushy with people and demanding and insistent because they are fearful it's not going to work out. They're scared it's not happening. The reason Daniel was the way he was is because he had faith. 
faith gets you favor. Oh, are you with me, friends? Uh, we'll come right back to this. But Romans 5, 2, if you could pop that up and, and then we'll come back. Romans 5, 2 says, we have access by faith into this grace. How do you get into the grace? By faith. But can you see a practical application of it? Faith doesn't feel the need to pressure you because I'm believing God is going to show up on this thing. So I, I don't, you don't have to promise me or perform for me or I'm not looking at you. I'm looking at Him. And when you're in faith, you're in rest. And you're not so Worried and anxious and scared, you're cool and at peace. Notice Daniel's response. Go back to that, uh, please. The uh, same verse we had up in Daniel before the new century. Yes, thank you. Verse 12. Daniel said to the guard, I want you to notice this first word in particular. In fact, I want us to say it out loud because it may be a while since some people have used this word. Everybody said out loud. Please, please. See, some way or another, people have gotten confused and thought, I'm a man of faith. I don't have to say please. (laughs) That's ignorance. I got rights in Christ. I don't say please. (laughs) Well, you're forfeiting favor. I'll tell you that. You show up and start insisting and demanding and Asking for special this and special that. You are undoing your own favor. The man looks at him and says, Daniel, I'd like to help you, man, but I got my orders. And he will cut my head off. Daniel said, please, uh, could you just test us for ten days? Please, just test us. For not, not even two weeks. I mean, that's not long enough for us to starve to death or things to get out of hand. Uh, could just prove, check it out. See, when you have faith, you're counting on God to show up. Yes. Come on, can you see? You're, you're counting on God to come into this thing and manifest so that you don't have to say or do anything else. Just... Test us for 10 days. Don't give us anything but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Verse 13. And after 10 days, compare how we look to how the other young men look. Listen to this now. If you want grace, you must be gracious. Can you hear graciousness and wisdom and faith in how Daniel is talking to this man? He's asking. And then he's saying, please. And then he's saying, could you just test us for a bit? You know, 10 days, not long. Could you test us? And then at the end of the 10 days, you decide whatever you think. You do what you think is right. Can you hear grace? Grace. And see for yourself. And then decide how you want to treat us, your servants. Who gets the grace? The humble get the grace. Verse 14. So what? Huh? He agreed. He said, now remember, his head's in danger. Now, do you understand 
When somebody is risking getting their head cut off for you, you have major favor (laughs) in your life. Right? Somebody is willing to risk getting their head cut off so you can change your diet. The menu. You have extraordinary favor with God and with man. What kind of people get it? Humble people, gracious people, people of faith. And you, the rest of the story goes on to say, at the end of that time, the God looked at them and they looked healthier and, uh, you know, better in every way. And so he just changed the, the menu permanently. Everybody say favor. 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 Say it out loud. Favor. Favor. Favor, favor with God. Favor with man, faith gets you favor. You're looking to God, so you put no pressure on people. Can you say glory to God? What kind of people experience God's extraordinary favor? People like Esther. People like Daniel. People that were gracious. You don't have to come in to a situation in the world. Well, people don't know you and start quoting 15 scriptures to them and acting holier than thou and demanding and rolling your eyes and rebuking the devil, (laughs) speaking in tongues. That can be just foolish, isn't it? And it can be you trying to manipulate them and you trying to run roughshod over them and and claiming it's faith and, and your authority. No, no, no. Jesus said, come learn of me. I'm meek, lowly and humble. Come in, quiet as a lamb, peaceful, kind. Asking, please. I'm not talking about begging. I'm not talking about, you don't have to beg. I'm just talking about being nice. Asking nicely. Instead of acting like you're entitled. Like somebody owes you something. Because see, if you think somebody owes you something, you've now made it impossible for them to be gracious to you because grace is about undeserved gift. And if you think you're entitled, it's I have rights. You're supposed to. It belongs to me. You have to. Well, even if the rule says they should, you can make them so mad they won't do it. They can help you. I hurt you. Well, they're supposed to do this. Well, people don't always do what they're supposed to do. Now, do they? (laughs) Oh, but friend, can you see this? A man, a woman that's full of love, full of grace, full of peace, prayed up, read up in the word of God, fed up in the words of faith, prayed up, full of love. Come into a situation before you even got there. God was there three days before you working on it. You show up and you smile and go, hi. How you doing? 
Treat them like a human being. Treat them with some respect. Call them Mr. Sir, ma'am, whatever their title is in their work that they're doing, acknowledge that they have the authority, they have the right, they have the place. Ask politely. And you're not just looking to them, you're trusting your God to get involved in this situation. Even if they look at you and say no to you, what does that mean? They're them. God's God. We've seen situations where people said no and no way and no way and no how for months and years. And it still happened. It still happened. Because they didn't know it. But God was bigger when it started. And he was bigger all the way through. And, and he was bigger at the end. And <laughs> but you got to be gracious to obtain grace. And have faith to get favor. Can you say amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's just close your eyes and just focus on him right now. No matter how you've been, changes can be made in your spirit, in your mind, in your life. Pray it out loud. Say, Father God, forgive me for ever putting pressure on people, including my own family. Friends, co-workers, customers, anybody, forgive me for not trusting you, putting pressure on them. They're not my source. They're not my God. They're not my solution. You are. My eyes are on you. Forgive me for telling When I should have been asking. Forgive me. For insisting. When I should have been requesting. Thank you for teaching me. How to obtain. Greater grace. More favor. I purpose. To yield to your spirit. And let your kindness. Dominate me. Let your wisdom. Guide me and your faith in me. Direct me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 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 Lord. Just keep your eyes closed for a moment. I believe the Lord is preparing us for upcoming situations. He's going to tell us things to do. Places to go, people to deal with, things that he wants done, things that affect the kingdom. And it will take extraordinary favor for it to be accomplished. And he's teaching us and training us and preparing us in these times so that we don't mess up our own favor. We don't get in his way, but also that we yield completely and we experience measures of favor that we have not Uh, Never unto this point experienced yet, and it will be glorious, 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 and we'll give him all the glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Everybody stand up on your feet. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. 
I see husbands and wives. I see people that are separated. I see people that are divorced, that have had awful problems over children, over money. And I see if you'll just do this one simple thing, quit insisting, quit demanding, quit telling them and putting pressure on them and just ask nicely and trust God. You're going to see a change. You're going to see a change. You're going to see hardness melt. And in some of the cases, you may not see it the first day or the first, but don't let that move you. Just keep doing this that you see in the Word, and you will see a change. Some of it may take a few days or a few weeks, but just stay with it. Stay with it. Stay with it. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.